Welcome to the Equipping the Saints podcast. Uh, This is Pastor Bernard here, and this podcast ultimately is going to be something that we're going to discuss every single week, uh, whether it's a certain topic or we're going to dive into a certain book inside the Holy Bible. Uh, This week is our first episode of the Equipping the Saints podcast, so really excited about starting this podcast and, and ultimately equipping the saints with some knowledge and some biblical truths here. And this week's topic is probably one of the most interesting topics when we discuss doctrine inside the Bible. And it's one of the most controversial ones as well. Ultimately, this was one of the standards that started the Protestant Reformation. And so the topic is saved by faith. So truly, are we saved by faith alone Or is there something that we have to do in order for us to be saved? Like, is is there some type of action, some type of penance, something that we have to do in order to be saved? Or is it just free, freely salvation, grace by God? And let's dive into the scriptures and see. So we're going to be in the book of Ephesians. We're going to be in chapter 2. And here Paul is speaking clearly about grace through faith. And so he's discussing this with the Ephesians uh, and the church of Ephesus. And because they were confused, because there was still Roman law. This law was the Roman Catholics where they believed that in order to be saved, that you had to do all of these different works. You had to do all of these different things in order to move up the totem pole, um, depending on how much you gave, depending on how many salvation, how much salvation you received, um, whether on what you did inside of the church, depending on how you, if you got saved or not. And this plan was, was something that was started ultimately by the Roman Catholics Um, And it spread all throughout the land. And how it all began in order for you to be saved by grace through faith alone was by one of the reformers. Uh, Martin Luther discussed this doctrine clearly and spoke from the scriptures clearly stating against what the Roman Catholics were doing what they were saying was that you don't have to be saved by works. You are saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. So we're going to be in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, and this is a very, very popular verse, but we're going to discuss it and we're going to break it down a little bit. We're going to start in verse 8. Here in verse 8 it says, For by grace... You have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is a gift from God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. So here, the scriptures are saying, starting in verse 8, for by grace you have been saved. With that alone, that automatically throws everything out of the window. 
every thought that they had, um, everything that was written that they carried by was completely wrong. Because the scriptures say, for by grace you have been saved. It doesn't, doesn't say anything else. It doesn't say any, any type of work located inside that scripture. It doesn't say any type of measurement was located in that scripture. It said clearly by grace alone <clears throat> you have been saved. And here in verse 5 we see it. <clears throat> we see actually, yeah, in verse 5 it says, even when we were dead in our trespasses. And now this is before what I just said in verse 8. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together by Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised up with him seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So what the argument was is completely taken away. For it's by grace you have been saved. When we talk about grace, well, what is the true definition of, of God's grace? And the true definition of God's grace is that it's freely given. It's given from God for his believers and for salvation because it all began from the beginning of time and in the garden that we have fell we have fallen from grace but here it says through Christ Jesus you are saved by grace through faith in him and it's nothing of our doing <clears throat> right there those words right there those four words throw everything away from a work salvation where it says, not your own doing. Nothing that you can do, you can receive this. There's no prayer that you can repeat. There's, there's nothing else that can be done. It's all a free gift, a gift from God. And it's, it, it is grace. It's grace upon his believers. And it's freely given. <clears throat> scriptures say you have been saved through faith and it's not of your own doing it is a gift from God there we, we see that it's a it's a true gift and when we talk about a gift what do, what do we mean when we, when we hear the word gift a gift is something that, that is given in, with nothing in return think about this that God gives that free grace with wanting nothing in return. He doesn't want anything in return. He wants you to have true faith in his son. That's what he wants. That's what he deserves. That's what he wants to receive. And we see it there in verse 8. We see it's a, it is a gift from God. So the whole argument where in a work salvation is that you have to work up the totem pole. You have to, to gain, get higher and higher and higher and, and gain all these pennants and all these awards and all of these different things. You can, you can throw that out the water. <clears throat> you can completely throw that away. Because the scriptures combat it completely that it's a gift from God and it's not of your own doing. That your own doing is ultimately not awardable. That if you do, if you try to do your own doing to gain your own salvation, that you will never, ever receive that. 
that you will never ultimately equal up to that because it's a gift from a holy God and a holy God that only you can receive that true salvation from him. And it's nothing that we can do. That there's no type of work, no type of salvation that we can give ourselves. And the Roman Catholics, for they never really could combat this piece of scripture. This piece of scripture holds true today, and it continues to hold true. And here, when Paul is writing this to the church of Ephesus, they believed that. They started to believe that maybe there is something more that I can do. Maybe there is a type of penance that I can gain that will give me the salvation. And Paul says clearly, no, it's, it's a gift from God. It's not of your own doing. There's nothing that you can complete in order to gain this true salvation. <clears throat> and we continue on in verse 9, it says, it's not a result of works so that no one may boast. It's not a, a result of works. It's nothing that you can do, nothing that you can complete. And it's not boastful. No one may boast. Only God, a holy God, is at that high of standards that you can receive salvation from. There's no man that you can receive salvation from. There's no human being on this earth that can give you the true salvation like you can receive from a holy God. We continue on in verse 10. It says, For we are his workmanship. We are created in completely his image. We were created by him. Every single person on this earth was created by a holy God. <clears throat> we're created in Christ Jesus for good works. There, so our salvation is complete. Our salvation is complete to do good works. We read that on in, in the book of James. Uh, the book of James has a verse in there that is probably the most controversial, and it says that we are to have good works. So if the book of James is saying that we are to, to have good works, and here it's saying that you're not to have a work salvation, that can kind of combat itself, right? You can, you can see that as, as combating itself in doctrine. You can see it as combating itself inside the scriptures. But where James is coming from inside that piece of scripture is clear. Is he saying that the only way you have good works is by being saved in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> the only good you have inside of you is Christ Jesus, is the Lord. So it says, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Created in Him, being made new in Him, then you can do good works. See, I think a lot of the times, especially we, we see in with the millennials and, and in today's Christianity, is we see that we, we, we get really boastful in our Christianity. We get really boastful on the internet with our Christianity. We get boastful with our friends and family with our Christianity. And we like to spread it. And it's, and it's not that it's <clears throat> we're trying to spread it maliciously. But sometimes we get boastful because we are saved. We boast ourselves over the unsaved. We boast ourselves over our family who are not saved. Hear this clear, saints, is that 
God's word completely combats boastfulness, that we're not to be boastful about that. We are to spread the good word. Yes, we are to let others know about the good news. We are let others know about Christ Jesus in a way that we can describe things to them so that they see it clearly because that's what we're called to do with the Great Commission. But we are to do it in a, in a loving manner. And I think in today's society, we, we kind of do it in a way that's like, why don't you see what I see? Why don't you feel what I feel? And the word is clear is that they may not have their eyes open to, to that. The unsaved will continue to act as the unsaved. The unsaved will not have their veil over their eyes. They will not because they were predestined for that to happen. Understand that the predestined is not going, that are going to hell, they will not witness to the word of God. They will not see the word of God as his pure form. And that's been something that I have struggled with. I have struggled with acquaintances that I have worked with or acquaintances that I have spoken with um, in my past and to see to see them not be receptive to the scriptures or not be receptive to the word of God and completely disobey the word of God in every single form I would say why are you doing that and the reason why is because it's clear that they will not be receptive to the Word of God. They will not see the Word of God as something genuine. They would not see it as its, as its only form of listening to God is through His Word and through prayer. They do not understand that. And they will never understand that if they are not part of, the, of God's elect. And so... That's probably been one of the hardest parts for me um, to, to truly grasp is that they will not understand Sola Scriptura because they were not meant to understand it. I was listening to Dr. John MacArthur the other day and he spoke about that clearly. And he said, the unsaved will act like the world, but... God's people will think the world is nasty and, and as uh, against God's word, and they are, and it's clear. And I sat there and I started to think about that, and it really started to click that to understand that you can't equip someone, you cannot equip them when they don't understand because they were not made to understand that. And it's clear where Paul is talking about that, back to the word in Ephesians, where he says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. The Christians, the ones that are in Christ Jesus, will have good works. They will have works that are pure. They will have works that will glorify God. But the unsaved will not have good works. The unsaved cannot have good works. The unsaved will not do anything to glorify God because they are not made to glorify God. And continuing on in the scripture here in, in verse 10, it says, which God prepared beforehand. And that's when that comes into play. You will have good works because God predestined you to have good works. God created you saying 
that you will have good works in me, inside my son, through him, that he is the one that will give salvation. Then he continues on in verse 10, and it says that we should walk in them. We should walk in the good works. We should walk in Christ as we do the good works. And it's it's clear on on how the scriptures are, are telling us about that true grace is done through faith. So back to the Reformation. We celebrate the Reformation every year on October 31st. And it was a it was a day of of a true breakout and a true uh, manner of holding true to the scriptures when the thesis were nailed at the doors, at the side of the Catholic doors, Catholic church doors, and we see a change. We started to see a sweep throughout all of the nations in different countries. Truly, reformers came out of nowhere. After the reformers came the Puritans who hold on true to the scriptures. And we need more reformers today. We need people holding true to God's word every single day. And it's not just a weekly opportunity that we are to do that. It is, a, it is an everyday situation that we are to do that. So moving on inside the scriptures, understand that the world will act like the world. The world don't know any different than to act like the world. But we, need, we are to understand that when it comes to our salvation, that there is nothing that we can do to receive true salvation. That we are saved. We, there was nothing for us to do to be saved. That when we speak of the word grace, we are to understand the definition of grace. And we are to understand that it is a gift from God and it's freely given. When we talk about freely given, I don't know about you, but I love the word free. <laughs> when I hear the word free, what do you think when you hear the word free? When I hear the word free, I think there's no cost. That it's going to be given to me with nothing. That I don't have to pay anything to get it. That's grace. Grace is freely given on his people. It's it's grace that is, has no cost. You don't have to take out a loan to pay for grace. You don't have to reach into your back pocket and give pennies for grace. Grace is freely given with no cost. So when we talk about grace through faith, grace through faith, grace through faith it's freely given. Our salvation is freely given. Faith in Christ. And He is the only route to salvation. That there's no other way. There's no other path. There's no other road that leads to salvation. But having faith in Christ Jesus alone. That there's no other ladder that can be, can be go up. There's no stairs that is going to lead me to the promised land. The only way we get to the promised land is through the Lord Christ Jesus. And we can take that into account. We know that it is true because God's scriptures say so. 
See, if we don't take the scriptures and read them and utilize them, then we're not doing what we're called to do. And see, the scriptures will lead us into where we where we're supposed to go. The scriptures give us the, the definition of grace right in front of us. It gives us the definition of faith. And all throughout the Bible, it gives us a definition of Christ Jesus. It tells us who he is. It tells us, it describes who he is. He walks through the Gospels. We see him all throughout the Gospels. We see him all throughout the Old Testament. It's all leading to Christ Jesus. And so there we can take into account that, that true salvation, true salvation, saints, is only, only through Lord Christ Jesus. And we know that grace is a gift from God, that it's not of our doing, that it's nothing that we can do to receive that. You know, I, I once spoke with somebody and they uh, they discussed with me that it's, um, as a Christian, that there's different levels of Christianity, which is a works salvation. It's a, it's a completely a work. They said, well, the more you read, the more you you understand, the the more you read books, and the and the more you pray, that you will be a better Christian. Where prayer, and reading books, and reading the Bible will ultimately help you grow. It's not a way for salvation. And it's not a way to compare to other Christians inside Christianity. And when we talk about the title of this podcast, Equipping the Saints, I think it's vital that we equip each other. It's vital that we equip other saints with God's promises, with God's purity, with his truths. Over and over again, we see it online and and we see it from other churches that are giving false doctrine, giving false theology. And there's going to be other episodes that we're going to talk all about that stuff. So I'm not going to ruin it for all of you listening to this, but it's vital as a church. It's vital as Christians to spread the correct word. It's vital that we are to, to witness to others, that we are to give them God's truth. That they are to see God's truth without having any blinders on, without having anything that is covering them up. No veils will be over their eyes. And it's, it's important that we call out this false doctrine, all this false theology that we see all throughout social media or that we may see all throughout throughout our days. We run into people that give false theologies. Um, we see people going to these churches that are teaching them false doctrine. We are to call those out in a loving nature. We are to show God's compassion, but we are to call it out. They are to see that they are wrong with how they are acting with how they are spreading God's word. You know, I I take God's word very seriously when somebody combats it with different cherry picking or different theology that they may see that it be uh, a different way than from what I can see it and that may very well may be true. I think we all can can take the scriptures into a certain way um depending on our walk in life, but 
I think we are to take it verbatim for what the Word says. Um, R.C. Sproul said something that really triggered me at one point, and he said, and I quote, he said, the Scriptures are so clear that we should see them all the time. That the Scriptures are clear, and they come out to you, and they give you a message while you're reading. We should understand that, that we should understand the scriptures because it's so clear for us to see. If you are made of him and you are a saint, you should truly see the scriptures with its clarity and it shouldn't give you any other distinctions. I'm not saying that when we read the Bible all the time, we're going to know what's going on because that's not the truth. But when we talk about equipping, when we talk about bringing the Bible together inside of a, a group of people for them to understand the scriptures, that we are to read them thoroughly and study the words with true clarity. We are to study, because each word, and hear me out here, each word has a meaning. Each word is clear for what it's describing. Each word has a meaning because it was written. It was written by people that were writing in the Holy Spirit. It was written by God. The entire Bible was written by God for us to utilize them, for us to, to see it and, and to spread that word. That's what the whole Bible was meant to be. So when we speak in a different manner, of a different type of theology, then we are not taking the scriptures clear. We are not taking the scriptures to heart. We are not saying this is vital for me to live. We are saying that it's just another book. And this past week, it really kind of hit me hard a little bit because when I see somebody taking uh, the scriptures and, and kind of twisting them into something else or, or making light of the scriptures, um, I truly, truly take offense to that. Um, I, I can see that being very offensive to me because holding true to the scriptures is exactly what we're supposed to do. Holding true to the scriptures is vital as a Christian for what we are, are meant to do. It's part of the five solas, and we're going to discuss more about that later, but uh, sola scriptura is is God's word alone that we are to take. That there's nothing else from the Bible. We can read other books, but nothing else from the Bible is going to speak to us the way the Bible should. The Bible is the sole authority for Christians. The Bible should always be sole authority for the Christians. And that it should not be taken in any other manner. That the things written inside the Bible is important for our Christianity. So when we see other groups of people take the Bible and twist the word, or, or we are to read versions of the Bible that are completely oblivious to what the scriptures are saying, we should take offense to that as Christians. We should see that as being wrong. Instead of it being, well, that's just another version. Or that's just another theology. We all have theologies. 
We should take offense to that. We should take it as, as they're twisting the words wrong so they can make their own agenda be known. And that's not right. That's not correct. That will never be correct. As a Christian, that should not be correct. When we talk about Christianity, that's not correct. So here we can, we can take into account of what the Roman Catholics did by twisting it and saying you can be saved by other works. You can be saved in other things. And then you will have true salvation and live on forever. What we know here in the book of Ephesians is it said you are saved by grace through faith. You are saved through that alone. For by grace you have been saved through faith and it's not of your own doing. That there's nothing that can be done for you to be saved. And we can see how wrong that agenda is. We can see that that's not correct. We can analyze that and pick that apart and see that that is wrong that it was never meant to be that way. The Reformers said that. And the Reformers ultimately lost their lives for the gospel. They lost their lives for, for what they said was true. Five solas cost them their lives. The Puritans lost their lives for the Scriptures. And we sit and make our own agenda, and we say that we can be saved by other things. That we can be saved by, by other penance. That we can pay so much money and we can be saved because of our payment. When it's truly a free gift. The free gift of grace. Through faith in Christ Jesus. That that is the true salvation. The salvation sent truly from a holy God. And there's nothing that we can do about it. What a beautiful gift. A beautiful gift of grace. Only sent from God. So that is our lesson this week. That is our teaching here on the Equipping the Saints podcast. Um, if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and, and listen every week. Uh, we're going to have other episodes next week. Uh, we're going to discuss different things and here probably um, here probably in the month of uh, October for sure we're gonna we're gonna dive into uh, the tulip we're gonna discuss the tulip what what it means um, what it what it has inside as far as theology uh, we're gonna discuss scriptures that line up with the tulip and then we're gonna go through a complete journey of the book of Romans so I'm super excited about the next couple episodes here um, here at the Equipping the Saints podcast. And uh, we'll be we'll have a different teaching next week. So I look forward to seeing you all next week. Be blessed.